least it wasn't like Unicorn Princess 24 <laughs> or something like that, but yeah. it's still it's 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 hard to abandon what you set up with. Yeah, it's like I said, I started that Twitter page because of this and didn't think anything of it. wasn't planning on doing what I'm doing now, so now I'm like, oh, here we go. It's kind of come back to get me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're locked in now. Yeah. <laughs> which is welcome in Yiddish. Welcome to the Daddy Unscripted Podcast. My name is Tim Wheaton. I am the creator and your podcast host of the Daddy Unscripted Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode tonight or today. It's tonight for me, but it could be tomorrow or yesterday for you. Not yesterday. I don't know. But you could be in a DeLorean. So if you're in a DeLorean listening to my podcast and you go too fast, you could be listening to this yesterday, which would be crazy. And I don't know if the podcast would still play. But regardless of all of that silliness, my guest tonight is Chris Plowman. Chris is a fellow card hobbyist collector. I don't know. I didn't write that down, but that kind of sums it up fairly well. That was kind of how I found him through the glorious world of Twitter, which keeps this machine rolling fairly well of my podcast. So Chris is involved with something called Kidority Cards, which is also connected to Buck City Breaks on Twitter and also on Facebook. And you'll hear Chris talk a little bit more about that. But we found each other because I collect baseball cards. And you may have heard me talk about this before on one of my previous episodes, but I'm also collecting them more so for my son. So I am trying to collect ever since he was born a year of the full set of baseball cards for that year. So I'm going strong. I have definitely got some duplicates that I will, uh, for the Red Sox players, keep for myself. And for others, I need to go through these and start donating them to some of these great things like Cadority Cards that donate cards to kids. And again, you'll hear more about that, but you really should look them up. It's so cool that there are these people and places that are selflessly doing this basically just to keep the hobby exciting and to get kids excited in it the way that we were when we were kids. And I talk about that a little bit with Chris. Uh, This is a single solid episode where we do talk about his dad and him being a dad. And we also talk about that whole collection thing and sports and all the bond that that has created, even with his four daughters. So very cool episode for you here, a different feel to it and a unique story that you're going to hear from Chris. I wanted to tell you guys about another podcast on the Osiris Podcast Network. It's really cool. I love it. I believe you are going to love it also. It's called The Road to Now. It's hosted by Bob Crawford and Ben Sawyer. Ben Sawyer is a doctor at Middle Tennessee State University. And Bob Crawford, you might recognize his name. You might be thinking, how do I know that name? He is one of the founding members of the Avit Brothers. 
So The Road to Now is this really cool history podcast that they sit and have these conversations that discusses all of these different histories of the United States of America and why we are where we are. The episodes range pretty widely on one that is in regards to the history of Woody Guthrie. There's one on, there are a couple on former presidents. I believe Eisenhower and Woodrow Wilson are some of the ones that they have delved into, as well as multiple conversations with musicians and singer-songwriters and some really cool dives into some very interesting history that you guys may not know. So make sure you give a listen to and check out The Road to Now. You can either find them on theroadtonow.com or on part of the OsirisPod.com network. You can also find them on pretty much everything that you listen to your podcasts on, that you might be listening to this one as well, like Stitcher Radio and iTunes. So that's one of the closest things I've come to (laughs) of an advertisement, and it's just for one of the podcasts that I love. So make sure you guys check that out. Now, let's keep going here, and let's get right into that episode with myself and Chris Plowman. Okay, I am here today joined with Chris Plowman, who, again, another guest that came to me extremely randomly through the world of Twitter. Twitter has kind of been the the snowball for a lot of the guests that have either kind of come to me through other people that I've met through Twitter or directly through Twitter. And this one was super random because... I just kind of recently started getting more into finding people on Twitter for baseball card collecting, and somewhere down the line, I ended up stumbling into a giveaway that you were involved with for kids Mm -hmm. in maybe even indirectly, but so anyhow, we'll kind of get more into that, but welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you for having me. One of my few fellow Californian guests of recent <laughs> times as well. So I guess I, I, we'll get to that whole baseball card thing, but let's kind of jump all the way back um, with you to some of your family story. Okay. Um, well, it, we're here mainly because uh, we met each other through the collecting through Twitter at some point. So it mine started with my dad when I was younger. He would randomly buy me, you know, baseball, basketball, football cards here and there. Not a whole lot of recollection of him doing it. I just know every once in a while he'd come home and there's a box of cards. He'd buy me sets at a time, not just packs. But that was the start of me getting into sports was my dad buying hmm. me cards. Um, so, And do you know, was he a collector when he was a kid or how did that kind of start for him? Uh, no, he didn't collect when he was a kid. He played sports when he was younger and uh, all throughout uh, high school, a uh, big football star. He also grew up back in Kansas, so he did rodeo too. So he was just an athletic guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he was part of him trying to get me into sports, was you know trying to get me into collecting cards and getting excited about it, which it did. It jump-started me playing in uh, sports and uh, started off with you know just kids in the neighborhood playing basketball which moved on to playing flag football for a boys and girls club all the way up through north of the river, uh, tackle football in junior high, played some football in high school, uh, track, basketball, played baseball. 
So it was just, I think it was just more of a jump starter to get me involved in the sports. Hmm. Just finding something, you know, kind of connect with me. Cause you know, we'd sit out there in the uh, driveway and work on cars. Just, I think it was just more of a connection point with him mm-hmm. to find that little bond between the two of us. So stuff he was interested in, he was trying to get me interested in. That's smart. That's, it's so funny because I am kind of doing it in a roundabout way with my son and um, he's still, I'm, kind of baby stepping him into it and dipping my toe in the water and seeing if it catches his interest. And I, I haven't like given him whole boxes worth yet or anything. And his kind of gateway aside from sports has been, he's like super into, he and my daughter are both super into Pokemon. <laughs> and so they have all the Pokemon cards and I've been watching how he, treats the cards and what his interest is in them. And uh, both of my kids are big, like memorization types. I mean, they can tell you everything about everything of something that they're into, i.e. Pokemon. Yeah. And I have kind of used that even as a thing for me to bond with them. I kind of took the, I fell on the sword with that one. I, put Pokemon go on my phone and now it's something for the three of us to do as our own little community. And it, I enjoy it myself now actually, but it's, it's something that the three of us can bond out over and uh, it feels kind of silly, but they're super excited about it and it gives us something to do and we'll actually go out and walk around and do it. And so with baseball cards, I'm kind of easing him into that and you know, his, love for baseball is starting to grow a little bit. And so I'm getting very ready for that time where that will be something that we sit down and do together. And so it's, it's cool hearing the way that your dad did that with you and thinking about my path that I haven't yet gotten to and, and yours, I mean, yours is, well, we'll go back. We'll, we'll get to this point. So your dad, you were saying, was uh, raised in Kansas, or uh, he moved around a lot. My my grandfather just kind of bounced from job to job, so they'd live somewhere, and then you know one day he'd show up with a U-Haul. They'd load it up. Hmm. My dad and my two uncles jump in the back, and they would drive to another town. And you know, so it was just wow. moving from job to job. You know, either he got laid off or better money somewhere else, and and they ended up in Kansas for a long time, and that's where he met my mom and. Then it's, I'm going to say about 10 years before I was born, I believe, is about when they moved out to Bakersfield, California. Hmm. That's where we've been ever since. And your, so your dad was uh, one of the three boys in the family. Yeah. Was it just, just all guys then was. Yeah, it was just uh, three boys, my dad and my two uncles. That's it. Okay. And your dad, when he met your mom out there, was was she Kansas through and through native too, or oh yeah, born and raised Kansas. Yeah, she uh, she used to barrel race and do rodeos. Lived on a farm. They raised cows. Oh, cool. And so they moved out. I mean, Baker. So I can see Bakersfield then from Kansas in that respect because Bakersfield is kind of a little. Uh, I, I guess back then, yeah, back then it was a lot. You're lot talking, smaller. Yeah. yeah, and and a little bit. I mean, it seems like it's always kind of been. 
if there are any kind of cowboy regions in California, Bakersfield could possibly fit that bill a little bit. Oh yeah, you got Buck Owens, Merle Haggard. It's all oil field based around here, so it's it's a lot of country folk that moved out here looking for work and just kind of settled. So you are one of how many siblings yourself? Uh, I have a younger sister, uh, and then I have an older uh, half brother. Okay. Yeah. And was your your bond through? We'll stick with the baseball card theme through sports and all that stuff. Was that something specific and kind of just between you and your dad, or was that something that he also shared with your sister and your half brother? Well, my brother uh, stayed in Kansas with his dad, so he only came out for holidays. So there mm. wasn't a huge bond there. But my mm-hmm. brother's a huge sports nut as well. Uh, my sister, not so much. She didn't care for sports much uh it was was mainly (laughs) my dad and myself you know uh watching the super bowl tv but no we i mean we weren't uber into sports with each other you know we didn't go to a lot of games we'd watch it on tv every once in a while we go catch uh, a minor league game that was in bakersfield now we go to uh local hockey games that we have here in town Uh, they're the condors now but they used to be the oilers but yeah, just small events here and there, nothing big. And when I played sports, he'd go out there, cheer me on, you know, get me amped up. And he'd be the dad yelling, sitting in the stands, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if something happened to me. And I was a smaller guy, so I got hurt on a regular basis. So you you said that you recently just got back into sports. Yes. So what spurned that on for you to get back into sports and what kind of, was it just kind of life pulled you away from it and the day-to-day responsibilities of being a a dad and working and doing everything else. That was definitely a big part of it. You know, finally, uh, you know, getting my life situated and I got remarried, you know, we've got two stepdaughters now with my other daughters. So really knuckling down with work and trying to, you know, provide for my family, you know, get into a place is big enough for all of us. And, uh, I tried to stay with it in my you know, early, mid-20s, but injuries kind of took me out of it. So that, that kind of stopped me playing sports. Football, I've always watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never given that up. But as far as like, you know, the collecting or being interested in any other sports, that kind of died years ago until a random YouTube video um, came across my feed of uh, Packer Cards 87. Hmm. Uh, just just opening up random packs and talking about his collection on YouTube. And he mentioned uh, Buck City Breaks. And I checked them out, and I've been hooked with them since early January. Hmm. That's so random. It it is. (laughs) That's so cool. I mean, all of the things that are on, and I haven't done, I haven't even known that there's anything on YouTube. Like, for me just finding it all on Twitter has been extremely recent for me because to me it was always, I don't know, like I I even thought about it for a long time over the past few years because I, I never bought any cards uh, since I was maybe, gosh, I would say probably the last time I was buying cards was 93 or 94. And then I started buying them the year my son was born, so almost six years ago now. And during the past, let's say, four to five years, I always thought, this is 
what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to basically just get cards at Target and, you know, maybe here and there get a card at a local shop if there's something that I really, really want to get, like an old card or something. And they're just going to go in my packs for him or my box or in plastic sleeves. And they're just going to sit there like, you know, when I, when I was a kid, we used to bring, bring folders of cards to uh, the boys club and stuff like that. And we had a couple of friends that we would trade cards with. And my brother was kind of the, (laughs) he was the king of pulling off a kind of sneaky trade on kids and he would come home and we would look up in the book what he had done and we would be like oh my gosh you just totally ripped that kid off or my dad would look at the cards and be like oh that's a so-and-so from whatever year like that's worth way more than whatever it was that you gave to that kid and but now you know as an adult I was like well I'm not gonna sit around with a bunch of guys and trade cards obviously but seeing Twitter and now hearing you even just now talk about YouTube, like there is, I have seen people doing trades and, you know, obviously the people who are doing dime sales and quarter sales of a bunch of different lots of cards. And it's, it totally brings back the excitement of all oh, that. It does. And it's, since it's on social media now, it's just so much bigger and the variety is, is greater. It's, yeah, I'm not used to it myself. I'm, it's it's crazy how you go from you know going to a, like a Target or a grocery store and buying a pack at a gas station for twenty five cents to a dollar, and now you're just all you have to do is just turn on your computer and you got whatever card you want sitting right in front of you. It's funny too because I'll see uh, guys who will be talking about doing a I don't know there's so many there's so many hashtags and I'm still trying to learn stuff now oh all this stuff that I'm I'm so out of it <laughs> it's it, it took me a while to start catching back up with it and I'm still learning something new every day about it it's there's a lot of stuff to know now it's a lot different than it was when we were kids oh yeah and and now I mean even when I was collecting when I was older and like 90 91 I think that was kind of the time when either I actually was hearing it more or it was a real thing that it was different from when I was collecting in the late seventies where it was just like, there's no point in collecting because there's so many cards now that these really are worth nothing. Like there's, they're printing so much that your greatest card is going to be worth two bucks or something like that. Well, I grew up in the 90s. That was the, you know, the junk wax era. And that's pretty much what my whole collection was as a kid, which I still have right now. Actually, a lot of it I've donated, but I still, I kept every card from my childhood and it's all junk wax era. Yeah. Which is, which is what? Junk wax era. Oh, junk wax era. Mid 90s, early mid 90s to late 90s. It was way overproduced cards from tops and upper deck, just massive amounts of, you know, you could find them anywhere. And a lot of them just were ugly looking cards. <laughs> yes. And th- and there were so many. D- I mean, that's when, you know, there was Fleer, there was Don Russ, there was, I mean, Upper Deck. I was really excited when Upper Deck first came out and the cards looked so sharp and the pictures were so clear and it w- those were great cards. And then 
I don't know, it just started to kind of get saturated. And yeah, I think that's part of why now I love the, I love the stadium yeah, club I've, cards. I've, I've seen a few of them. They actually look pretty nice. I really like them and their variations are pretty cool looking too. And it's funny cause I was, when I was at the shop, I was looking at some of their packs and I heard her talking about some of the stuff with the guys where, you know, if you just want a lot of cards, you buy this box. But if you want hits, like you get this box and it's a lot less, lot less cards, but they're all better cards. And I was looking at some of even their individual wrapped packs that they were selling. Some of them, I didn't, I can't really say what they were, but they were like 18 bucks for a unopened wax pack. And I was like, what, what if all of those are junk? Yeah. Then you're just... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's all a gamble that's that's the thing about it if you look at a price tag and you think you're going to get something great for it and then you're disappointed <laughs> yeah and then you get a few packs somewhere else and you're getting like a signature card or something in it yeah. now and so but i don't know when i was a kid i don't think they did that i don't think they put signature cards in packs yeah i'm not I don't know how recent yeah, I'm not that sure is. When they started, I think I might have been a mid to late '90s thing. I mean, I've seen a few from the '90s that they said they pulled from packs, but I hmm. think it was. I don't think it was until the 2000s that they actually started making that a real thing. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't know about any of that back then as a kid either. So I didn't know you can get autographs and jersey cards and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, for me, it was cool because. You know, my dad was really into baseball and he, for some reason, his team was when he was a kid was the Brooklyn Dodgers, even though he was a California native. And then he kind of lucked out because they moved out here and he kind of was able to be a hometown fan of them. And so we would go to games there and we would go to Angels games because we lived really close to them. And you know, we had some connections to some different baseball players when I was a kid. And he he just really promoted my involvement with it to where, you know, he would be like, you should write letters to the players and send cards to them and ask them for autographs. And I remember days sitting for hours just writing letters to various baseball players from all different kinds of teams and putting them in envelopes. And I don't remember where we were. We had some little book we were using that gave us the addresses to send these to. And I would be putting like 20 letters in the mail a weekend and sending them out to all these baseball players. And some I would have cards in them and some I wouldn't. And it was so cool. The response, and I have no idea if they still do this now. I'm assuming they don't because you know, kind of the joke of, I don't remember, there was some baseball movie where, or maybe, I don't know, could have even been a commercial where some baseball player is saying, sorry, kid, I can't sign that because that's a, whatchamacallit card, and I can only sign a tops, blah, 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 blah yeah. card. And so I'm assuming now you might not be able to do this as a kid, but I would, I remember, because I really liked Dave Steeb of the Blue Jays for some reason, and I sent him probably two cards and he sent back like six cards all signed. So cool. Like I would get full team photos. I remember I got one from the Dodgers that had like, it was their, it was almost like a yearbook photo 
it was probably very early eighties. And, um, I don't know if there were, it was, if it was a 40 man roster, there were probably 15 to 20 players who had their signatures on, on top of their photos and just really cool stuff like that, that I'm sure now, you know, kids with the way collectors are. And, you know, you see that whole thing at spring training where, uh, there's all those collectors that are there or bringing their kids to, <laughs> to get everything signed so they can have it in their store or in their basement yeah. or whatever. No, they actually still do. It's called, they call it TTM through the mail. Usually you write the organization and if the player is still connected with them, even if they're retired or hall of famer, they'll actually try to send it out to them. And you can, you can uh, yeah, hmm. I, I started reading into it recently because there's one player from the Cowboys that I, love to have an autograph of uh jason witten uh my favorite all-time player uh oh yeah recently yeah, retired killed me when that happened but yeah he's uh since i started collecting he's my main focus on anything and then he retired and is it's hard to get an autograph of his now because his value just skyrocketed after he retired i'm so, sure i started looking into a little bit of how to do that and yeah there's worse ways to do it they break it down for you how to write the letter uh, what kind of cards you should send? Hmm. I mean, don't send anything valuable that you don't want to lose because might not get anything back. You know, right? Yeah, uh, self-addressed envelope. To send that. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. It, it to pretty know. cool. I need to do some more research, but yeah. So now that you are kind of back into doing this, I I don't know. So how old are your daughters? Uh, my youngest is eight. My next one's going to be twelve in September. I have my youngest stepdaughter hmm. just turned fifteen. And my oldest one will be 20 in November. Oh, man. And you still have hair on the top of your head. Oh, no, no. I'm bald. <laughs> oh, okay. Joining the club. That's good to know. I lost that a long time ago. Good, <laughs> good to know. Yeah, I was going to say, my my hat, I mean, my hair is already off, but my hat is off to you on the... and. Don't start writing me letters, women. This is not a sexist thing. Um, but having teenagers and all of that, I I just can't even imagine. It's a handful having nothing but women in the house. Even uh, mm-hmm. my first dog was a female too, so it was. I felt like I was getting ganged up on. But. <laughs> uh, so how was the? I guess we should go back and like how long has it been that? You got remarried. I got married, remarried about three years ago, just over three years ago. Okay. And so hers are the uh, older of the four. Yes. That's what you're saying. Okay. And so how has that transition been for you? Was that tough? Was, I mean, this is always an interesting part of parenting and I don't know how long, you know, you can go into the story of that if you like, how long you were with your wife before you married, but I'm always interested. It's always kind of a fascinating transition in the meshing of families, especially for, I think, a stepdad coming into kind of a developed situation, especially with two that are older like that talk a little bit about the struggles and successes of that yeah so i was with my ex-wife 
um, all together off and on eight years between being together and being married. We, it was, it was fun when we were young and I think we moved a little too fast and, you know, got pregnant at an early age. So my, uh, my, my first daughter, who's going to be 12, she was pregnant with her and we moved out on our own, kind of just staying afloat worked and i was a young and dumb kid i'm not gonna lie you know i had a lot of issues i drinking problems wanted to party Mm -hmm. so our our relationship was pretty much doomed from the start you know we tried to make it work for the kids and eventually just we had to call it quits we we were doing more harm than good so Mm -hmm. we split our ways the wife my wife i'm with now is actually kind of a funny uh, situation how i met her i was actually at a bar getting ready to leave because there was nobody there just got done telling the bartender, I'm done meeting girls at bars because they're all crazy. <laughs> I stand up, make it about halfway at the bar. She walks in. I look back at him. I said, all right, well, I guess I'll stay for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I met my wife. And uh, we, we took it easy for a while. It was it was a little bit different um, with her when I met her kids because obviously her oldest you know, was already a teenager when I met her. Yeah. So... Um, trying to, you know, kind of get on her good side and create a bond with her. It was a little bit tougher. It, it took us quite a while to kind of have any kind of playing field where we could sit down and talk with each other about anything and goof around. So every once in a while, we kind of goof around, you know, being silly and goofy. I'm, I'm known for being kind of loud and wild out in the public, just kind of getting attention, being that weird guy or embarrassing myself, as the kids say. And I don't have a problem doing it. You know, it's, I like to have fun and, you know, make people laugh. So it, it took a few years for her and I to kind of connect. Yeah. But, uh, my youngest stepdaughter, it was almost instant with, I mean, she was still little. She was about eight years old or so. Um, mm-hmm. so with her and I, it, it was easy. She was a wild little kid running around, you know, go over there, hit me like a punch a bag, throw pillows and, you know, we'll play games, stuff like that, like my kids. So eh, it kind of rolled with it and it, it worked out good. Mm-hmm. And so, and, but my wife, I was a little bit more hesitant with my wife meeting my kids. Um, just cause I wasn't sure if, you know, when we first met things were going to work out or not, I didn't see the point of her meeting my kids. If, you know, if it was just something that was going to last a couple of months and be done with. Yeah. So, and I'm very, overprotective of my uh my two youngest mainly because my little one has a rare disorder uh genetic disorder so mm. she's been baby mm. most of her life and still is to this point to a certain extent so i i play a little bit too much uh papa bear and overprotective sometimes mm-hmm. but once she met him she fell in love with him she's been great with them especially with my little one uh with you know researching everything for helping out with her medicine, helping out with appointments, her and my oldest daughter, my 12 year old, my 12 year old starts painting pictures for her. Now she draws for her. Hmm. Uh, So that's, they've got their little bond going too. So it was, it was a little rough at the beginning, I'd say, but it's been great. You know, me and the oldest, we have a pretty good relationship now. She brings her boyfriend over. We talk and hang out for a little bit. Um, she's very independent though. So she's not home often. Yeah. Which isn't a big pain in my ass. I don't, she can take off and do what she wants. That's fine. By me. Yeah. 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 
but you know, she knows I love her as, as long as she's safe and she's not doing anything stupid. That's all I can ask for. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's great that it ended up making that flow happen that way. And I'm sure you, you know, I can definitely understand your being protective. And I know that that's, I know a uh, number of single moms and I know that that's always kind of one of the big considerations with who meets them and who gets to hang out with them and when is the right time for that and how is that relationship going to go and, you know, always obviously having the kids best interest in mind and keeping them first while you know, it is that tough balance because you really do need to have your own life and have your own sense of fulfillment as well. I mean, I talk a lot about uh, with people all the time about how important it is that you are taken care of because if you don't have anything, if you're not at 100%, you're not giving much to other people as well. And so that's always a difficult balance, I think. So I'm happy for you that that ended up working out so well. Yeah. It just, I mean, it took some time to kind of find, you know, your little niches with each individual person. But once you find them, usually, you know, things work out for the best and you kind of got your own little inside things with each other and and just go from there. Yeah. I think uh, obviously a lot of that ends up depending on the, kids and their openness to it and obviously you are a good guy so and i'm sure your goofiness did not hurt at all with especially with the younger daughter of hers so that's great that that ended up kind of transitioning so smoothly for all of you yeah and how do the four of them get along Uh, well with the age difference it's i I think the two oldest is because they're actual sisters have more issues than anything with fighting with each other, but mm-hmm. that, that's just siblings in, in general for the most part. So uh, just like the two little ones go after each other from time to time. Um, yeah. But, you know, but having, you know, set visitations, it's when my two little ones are here, you know, they're not here that much. So, and the older ones are usually gone or locked in their bedrooms on their phones. So, <laughs> so I mean, they, they get along when they're around each other and we go out and do stuff. But, you know, when we're at home, it's it's the two little ones doing what they want to do. And the others are either at friends or hiding out. So you said that you have a half sibling. Is that something that your experience kind of helped you out a little bit with that, do you think? Or... Um, did that even come to play for you? Not really. But like I said, he, he stayed in Kansas, so we'd only see him out here for holidays. So, you know, I'd only see mm-hmm. him a couple of times a year. You know, I mean, yeah, I always look forward to him coming out because I try to act like one of the big kids when he came out. He's four years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but he'd, he'd find the older kids in the neighborhood and they'd, you know, kind of torture me and mess with me and stuff like that. But I didn't have a problem with it. So I don't think it really had any effect with, you know, how I dealt with having stepchildren or change my perception Mm -hmm. or anything like that about it. Never really thought about that either before. So, 
And what was that? What was so? Where did that dynamic come from? Was that your? Did your dad and mom separate, and they both got new families? Or uh, he? My mom was married before she met my dad and had a son. Okay. Yeah, and then they split up, and then that's when my dad and my mother met. And I, I don't know why he. I think he wanted to stay with his dad out in Kansas, so he stayed there. Mm-hmm. parents moved back okay that definitely makes sense for the uh distance between all of you then yeah so your dad and mom are still married and out there in bakersfield with you uh no they divorced uh when i was in high school uh, okay they, they were together for i want to say 20 years mm-hmm. and then they split and now they're well my mom lives by herself my dad's been remarried Okay. Yeah. And how is how is your relationship with with your new stepmom? Is that correct? Yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah. I, I, um I I don't know. I, I, I kind of stay away from her. Yeah. Uh, she's good with the girls when they go and visit. She likes to, you know, take because my daughter, oldest, my twelve year old got into horses. So she um, takes them out and she pays for horse camp during the summers. They'll take them out camping. I mean, they're great with them when they take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just for some reason, we just never really clicked. Uh, I think we both tried at one point and we just kind of stopped. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's tough too for a, if you're a high school boy to bring a new mom into the situation, that's like a, completely different dynamic if you guys don't really hit it off that's well i didn't she actually didn't become my stepmom until i was in my 20s oh really oh yeah then yeah that kind of becomes that time where it's i don't know it's it sounds really mean to say but when you're in your 20s and a new step parent is coming into the fold that's Hey, am I, how much work am I going to put into this kind of decision? I think. Yeah. I, I think it was just the way that, uh, cause I have a, well, I have a stepbrother mm-hmm. as well, well from her. So I don't know. I just, I think the way she brought him up, it's two different worlds. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I think that might've been just part of, she was like, we never really had anything relatable. I think was the big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing I could just sit there and talk to her about. Yeah. So just not having that common ground to come together and just be able to have a conversation really was, I think is the big reason why I just mean her never really bonded over anything. Yeah. And you're kind of at that. I mean, if it had been, even if it was now and you were just now meeting your wife and she had a 20 year old, or whatever, I'm sure that that would be a very difficult thing for you to kind of bridge the gap in that relationship as well. I mean, 20 is 20 and those years are so, I mean, things are really starting. You're really starting to solidify who you are as a person. And so that's kind of a weird time to bring in a new parent. So, Oh yeah. When you're trying to almost, kind of remold somebody to build something with them. And when you're young and impressionable, it's easy to kind of, you know, come to a common ground and 
find something that's, you know, just your guys's, you know, you can come to terms yeah. with and have an interest in. But when you're older, like you said, you're pretty much already solidified of where you're kind of headed in life and you're a little bit more on solid ground and least likely to change. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So does your dad have, I mean, have you kind of clued him into the fact that you've kind of started to get back into collecting? Does that? Oh yeah. He knows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And what is he, did that kind of put a spark in his eye? Was he kind of excited about that? Uh, not necessarily about collecting. Our relationship now is more work-based because we pretty much both work in the same uh, field. We're both uh, started out in oil fields from as roustabouts and worked our way up. So mm. our, our biggest common ground now is is work related, oil fields, safety, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then he got me actually, he started his own consulting company and he got me back into school to possibly, you know, help run his uh, company or maybe eventually take it over or just to get me in the field in general. So, you know, kind of following his footsteps. It's what I grew up doing. Mm-hmm. It's what I've known all my life. So it's, you know, easy choice pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, he still, he doesn't follow sports as much as he used to. I mean, he pretty much works, goes home and naps. So. <laughs> <laughs> The life. Yeah, well, actually, right now he's in South America in Suriname for work. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's a process uh, process safety manager out there. Jeez. So, do you, with regards to all that, is that something that you kind of see yourself doing and or want to do? Is do stuff overseas with it? Um, I think once my kids are older. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I, I've done my traveling when I was younger. It got old after a while, but now I'm at a point where I don't like being away from the kids. Yeah. You know? uh, especially with my two youngest ones since, I don't know, they don't live with me full time. So it's my visitations are kind of short anyways. Mm-hmm. And plus with my little one with her disorder, you know, if something were to happen, I'm out of town. That would just absolutely just devastate me. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. So I think, um, for doing something like that, it'd be definitely a little bit further down the road once my kids are older and a little bit more of a handle on things. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind, you know, traveling the world, being a consultant, you know, jump from country to country like my dad has done for the past years or so. It'd be, it'd almost be like a vacation, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's work, but at the same time. Yeah. Seeing different cultures and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's almost, you know, crossing some places off my bucket list while I'm working. Mm-hmm. So. so what was the, to try to bring this all full circle, I guess, do you remember, is there a kids giveaway thing that you were or are part of that was, and I think that was maybe how I f- stumbled into you? Yes. Um, we were doing kids packs that we uh, sent out to kids. Okay. Is it a group that you're part of? Is it just you and somebody else that does it? How does that all work? It's me and two other people um, that I met through Buck City Breaks. It's Sarah Brennan and Jonathan Coker. They're actually boyfriend, girlfriend, or actually they're engaged now. They live out of Georgia. Hmm. They started it up one day talking about, you know, donating cards to kids to try to help kids either get into the hobby 
or, you know, try to keep them in the hobby and, you know, create a bond with their parents and kind of, you know, get that going, you know, we give them something to talk about, get excited about and look forward to. And I just said, Hey, you guys need any help? Uh, let me know. And it, you know, said, okay, well we have this kid and this kid and, you know, they PC this, they PC that. I said, Hey, I've got a ton of cards. I'll start shipping them out. Let me know. And that's how we got started. We were taking cards out of our personal collections at the time and just sending them to kids. Uh, whoever signed them up, we'd send them off. We were doing birthday packages. So we do a little something special for their birthdays. And one thing led to another. We decided to turn it into a little program called uh, Kidority Cards. So uh, now we're actually a little bit, uh, we're a lot bigger, actually. Um, and the biggest part of that is actually everybody else in the community who helped out with this. We have a ton of people who have donated cards to us. So that's what we use to uh, send out to kids. We have a ton of people who have signed their kids up. Um, a ton of people who have helped spread the word on Twitter, on Facebook. We've been in talks with Upper Deck, Tops, Ultra Pro, a couple other people who are real big. Just opened up our website attached to Buck City Breaks. We've got a full-blown email set up now. Uh, we have a YouTube channel now. And we do random giveaways for every certain milestone we hit. Like we did one for hitting over 100 kids on the list. Then we did a couple of randoms for you know every kid that's been on the list ever. And then we did a giveaway for kids who uh, parents paid for a monthly subscription. So we've done three... No, four uh, giveaways so far. We started this back in April. That's so cool. Yeah, so we got a lot of big things that we're planning on right now. So now we're a little bit more established. All we charge is four fifty a package. That just covers shipping and um, supplies. And kids get anywhere from 50 to 75 cards. If we have, you know, like a hit or a number of cards like that for a kid's PC, you know, we might throw them in there as if we, ha- as, you know, if we have them. Yeah, we still do the birthday thing, so we'll do special packages with like an auto or relic card in there for the kids. Uh, we're working on doing a free box break for the kids. We have a donation uh, set up right now where you five bucks uh, for a donation and you have a chance to win an autographed baseball. Hmm. So it's just yeah, we're small ideas, just getting bigger and bigger, and it's been. Twitter and mainly Twitter, but, but people also on Facebook who have just helped us blow this thing up. And it's been amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. I definitely want to make sure we get uh, as much play for that out there. Like I said, I mean, I know I have hopes for my kid. I know what a huge thing it was for me as a kid for me and my brother and a thing for me to bond with my dad over and just the chase of it was so, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember I'm my brother's favorite player was Carl Yastrzemski and his final three games at Anaheim stadium. We ended up getting tickets to each one. And one of the days we followed their team bus back to its hotel and ran out and like got as many players autographs as we could and it was just like all of that is so fun for a kid and i know you can't always do that kind of stuff now 
but the collecting of everything and hearing, like I said, when I was in that shop this recently, the kids and hearing their excitement as they were like looking for all these cards of their favorite players. And it just flooded me with memories of being in card shops and looking for my favorite players and talking about them with other kids and even other adults and whatever. It's just such a cool little hobby that really does. I mean, for me, you know, I wasn't a fantastic baseball player or anything. I was okay, (laughs) but it, it definitely, you know, I'm, I'm very much into stats and numbers and love watching games. And I'm a little ridiculous with how much I love watching baseball and how much I love the Red Sox. But a lot of that like is built on that foundation of cards and collecting and having that massive itch to scratch of looking for the cards of your favorite players and all of that. So I think it's so awesome what uh, you guys are all doing for kids and getting them excited about it and involved and doing the giveaways and everything for them is huge because not every kid can yeah, I don't know, get an allowance and buy a pack as easy as it was when I was a kid. And um, so that's huge that you guys do oh, that. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of LCSs, you know, that closed down because the hobby kind of went dry for a while. I mean, we lost all the hobby shops, but one here in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is harder for, you know, unless you have a Target or a Walmart where you can go buy retail. But, you know, nowadays it's all about the hobby boxes and stuff like that where you get the big hits but you know so we do it just it is it's for the kids you know uh, the whole purpose of uh how we came up with cadority is it's the word kid and priority put together and it's our our little motto is making kids a priority in the hobby they're the future of the hobby are the kids now and when we get back the feedback and we get the pictures and the videos of the kids opening up their packages and seeing the smiles on their faces just makes all the long hours we put into getting the setup worthwhile. And that's what we do it for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a video that I keep on my phone because my son, of course, because he pulls it from me, but he loves Big Poppy and loved Big Poppy. And still, I think he's toned down a little bit finally, but this season he would ask me almost every day when I would talk to him about the Red Sox, he was still asking me, is Big Poppy playing today? And I think he's finally getting the hang of the fact that he's not ever going to play again. But I have this video of him probably as somewhere somewhere as a two-year-old and him doing some hand kisses after hitting a home run and emulating big poppy, uh, after hitting a home run. And I will always cherish that video. Cause it's just, it's that love of the game and everything that I think is that easy, easy bond for parents to have with their kids. And I've talked about this a lot with parents of how much sports bonded them to their dads and how much that meant. And, as somebody who was it, who is within that and who was always within that, I not only hold very closely to that, but I, I love that it's something that a lot of times other people who aren't into sports are always kind of like, eh, sports are dumb. And why do you talk about sports so much? And 
who cares about sports? And for me, it, it is more than just the entertainment of the game and everything, because there is that ability for it to bond parents and kids and parents with their spouses and with their own parents and strangers as well. Like all the people that I have talked to, you know, that you've probably talked to about sports. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, um, like I said, I've always been into football. It's always been my passion for the longest. And my wife wasn't a sports fan until we got together. Now she's a Dallas Cowboy girl, and she's a big Jason supporter. So <laughs> she, she has her Jason Witten shirts, and any Jason Witten card I get, she, she stares at it and calls it hers. And awesome. <laughs> tries to hijack them from me. Uh, my 12-year-old, she's a – She's a Cowboys fan. She won't admit it to me most of the time. She tries to say she like somebody else, just kind of razz me. But mm-hmm. my ex-wife took him, takes him to the uh, training camp. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. She uh, last year they went. My twelve-year-old and my eight-year-old got a chance to stand in front of Jason Witten's locker and take a picture. So that's my screensaver wow. on all my computers now. Yeah, oh, she got sure. an autograph on a hat, and you know, I got her an autograph eight by ten of uh, Jalen Smith. For Christmas, and uh, my little eight-year-old, she likes the Raiders because that's what her papa likes. So, mm. uh, not a big Raider fan. Yeah, sorry about but, that. You know, Derek Hart. <laughs> Derek Hart's <laughs> a hometown boy from Bakersfield, <laughs> so that's that's her new PC. You know, we signed them up for the Kidority uh, cards as well, so they get packages. Um, I save any of the cards I get from them. I have friends who send me cards for them. So they they got their little binders full and they look forward to packages coming in. They get excited. So it, it sports has definitely helped with, you know, bonding with everybody in my life. I mean, some of the bonds I've made on Twitter alone have been awesome. I just never thought I'd get into social media that much and be able to like just talk to somebody for hours that I've never met in person. And it's all about, it's yeah. all about sports. That's all it's about. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's cool because I have a, I have a little local donut shop that's really close to me that we used to go to every Saturday and get the kids a donut or donut holes or something. And there's these older guys that are probably, gosh, if I had to guess, I would say they're probably in their seventies who sit there and they have their newspaper And they are going through the box scores and they sit and talk with each other about sports. And almost every weekend when I've gone there, they are sitting there having a donut and their coffee and who, who knows how long they've been friends or whatever, but it's just so great seeing the continuation of that through generations and generations of people just bonding and having some, at least something to talk about. Um, with sports it's just it's one of those things where you don't really have to worry about anything you don't have to think about anything you don't have to stress out it's it's you get into sports and you can just zone out and have a good time and kind of Mm -hmm. escape reality for a little bit you know and i think that's why a lot of people get into that's why i i'm into you know the whole community with the hobby on twitter it's it's kind of an escape i can you know, forget about my, you know, crappy day I had at work or, you know, something broke on my truck. I got to pay a whole bunch of money into it. Just get on that for a little bit, you know, escape mm-hmm. for a little bit, have some fun, talk to people, you know, and that's what 
I, yeah. I love about it. it. It's calming. It's entertaining. It's exciting. I mean, I haven't had, I've been excited about sports or collecting this much for 20 some odd years, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's why I've fallen back in love with it. I just love how it's been going since I started back up. Yeah. So I'll give you, um, first of all, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You taking some time out of your night and talking about hashtag the hobby with me and <laughs> everything else. Uh, I do appreciate you taking that time out. Well, I really appreciate you uh, asking me to join you on this. It's uh, anything I can do for you know the hobby or anybody I've met throughout social media. It's I love getting to know people and you know switching you know swapping stories or anything like that. It's it's great. Yeah. So I will say one of the places that you were talking about, I know for sure on Twitter because I'm looking right at it right now is. Kidority Cards, which is cards spelled with a K. So it's Kid O R I T Y Cards. Yes. And the other is Buck City Breaks, which is obviously all one word and is exactly what it sounds like Buck City Breaks. Yes. And both of those are on Facebook as well. Yes. So even on the Buck City Breaks, if you uh, go www.kidortycards.com, it will go to the Buck City Breaks website and it'll have our uh, information on there as well. And then we have the Hobby Lounge on Facebook and attached to that as well is we have uh, the Cadority Cards Facebook page. So we started the Hobby Lounge, just inviting people in there to talk about the hobby. And we have a list of all the kids that are on there. Uh, you can do trades for sale just showing up your cards, whatever you want. But it's also a gateway to Kidority uh, Cards on Facebook. Cool. If you, if you go to Kidority Cards on Twitter, uh, it, that reaches out to myself, Jonathan Coker, and Sarah Brennan. So from there, everybody can connect that way. Cool. Well, again, uh, I hope you guys reach out to all those different areas. Look for Kidority Cards and Buck City Breaks and find a way to keep this really cool way for kids to be involved in sports and to be excited in sports through this medium of collecting cards. And, you know, I I know a lot of you have kids, so they would be interested in getting this. And I will say also, because I know we didn't clearly state it, I don't think, but it's not just baseball cards that Cadority is doing. It's it's a lot of other cards. Like it's not just sports. Is that is that right? It's it's all sports. Uh, anything non sports. We do Pokemon. We do Disney Princess. Well, if we can get stickers, you know, stuff like that for kids. It's you know we we get the rare ones that you know want something different, and we'll go up, we'll go out of our way to find a way to get it. Either somebody donates it. Or we'll go to the store and go get it if, if need be. But we try to fulfill everybody's uh, wants and needs for their PCs as much as possible. So, yeah, it's not just sports at all. And just so we are clarifying it, because I know you keep saying PC and I keep thinking personal computer. <laughs> but in this world of the collecting, PC stands for? Uh, personal collection. Okay, there you go. 
So I will maybe have to put a glossary with my blog post with this. <laughs> so you guys are following all of these different terms. Uh, but we will make sure that everybody hears all of these different things and is able to find a way to get cards into their their kids and other kids' hands and maybe even uh, find a way to donate as well because I know a lot of you probably have some stuff that you can donate or are connected. I'm already, my brain has been kind of buzzing on this um, while we've been talking of different athletes and former athletes that I have a either direct or very roundabout connection to and a way to get the word out to them and see if we can kind of generate some more stuff to these groups because I know that that will be extremely helpful to keep the ball rolling and make it grow as well. So that'd, that'd be amazing. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again, Chris. Thank you. All right. And that is the end of my episode with Chris Plowman. Again, Kidority Cards, Buck City Breaks. Check all that stuff out on Facebook, on Twitter. You can find Daddy Unscripted on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. All is Daddy Unscripted. You can send me an email to daddyunscripted at gmail.com. And just like I tell all my guests, I appreciate all of your conversations with me as well. And I appreciate all of your thoughts on who I should have on the show. Maybe this sparked something for you on, ooh, maybe you should have so-and-so on because that makes me think of them and they would be a great guest. So if you want to send me your so-and-sos, send me an email at daddyunscripted at gmail.com. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the podcast. I would love to also read any of your reviews of the podcast on Apple or iTunes where you can leave a review. That would be great. But also you can send me that feedback, daddyunscripted at gmail.com. I will say, as always, thank you to Umphreys McGee for letting me have their music on the show. Make sure you check them out where you can near you. That is umphreys.com. And again, Daddy Unscripted, part of the Osiris Podcast Network. And here is some information on that. Osiris. Hi, I'm Bob Crawford from the Avid Brothers, and the podcast you're listening to is part of the Osiris Network, a global community connecting passionate music fans with podcasts about music, artists, and culture. For more information about all the shows in our network, please visit OsirisPod.com. Osiris. I, the easy farewell in Yiddish would be for me to say, L'chaim, but I will take it a step further and say, Hota guten tag, which means in Yiddish, have a nice day. So have a great day, everybody, and keep your eyes out for the next episode coming soon. Mm-hmm.